Hello, this is Jessica Heron, founder and CEO of the Stella and Dot Family Brands, and this is my brand new podcast, Self Made. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Self Made Podcast. We have an incredible guest, and we're going to talk about something super taboo. Are you intrigued? Are you a little bit nervous? Well, what do you think we're going to talk about? I'm talking about women, money, and power with the Sally Krawcheck. And yes, all caps on the V because I am so impressed with what this woman stands for in her mission to help women invest more so that they have more security and choice in their lives. That's why I like to call her not because I'm in the business of self-flattery, though this definitely feels like it. Um, my sister from another mister. <laughs> I mean by that, that I just believe what she believes in the fact that we've got to close the gap between investing between women and men. And there is one. And I love that this expert, and she truly is an expert, has dedicated her purpose to doing just that as the CEO and co-founder of Elvest. And she's someone who brings a lot of expertise. She's super legit. She is someone who's been on the cover of Fortune magazine. She's been named one of the 100 most creative people by Fast Company and on and on and on. Honestly, with the accolades, she has been the CEO of Merrill Lynch. She's been the CFO of other big financial institutions. And she's someone who has got this shared purpose that I do in believing that If you feel in control of your finances, you are in control of your life. I will tell you why I was so excited to have Sally come and talk to you. She's also coming to our big empowerment conference that we put on for the Stella and Dot and Keep Collective Brands, because really our business is a platform for financial independence. And when I look back, I do not need a psychoanalyst to tell me (laughs) this. I think about the way I grew up. And why that made me so purposeful in wanting to create my own financial freedom and help other women do the same. I had a mom who didn't graduate from high school. She got pregnant as a teen. She was really unhappy and she let everybody around her know it. And it was very clear that she would have not been there even for the time that she was there if she felt like she had different financial options. And I just grew up in everyday thought, that's not happening to me. Nuh-uh. I'm going to get a job. And the second I can work and get a little bit of money, I'm going to save that money. And then when I can take that money and I can invest it, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to invest in a few really powerful things. I'm going to invest in my education so I can get a better job and earn more money for more security. I'm going to invest that money into my business so that I can get a return on investment. I'm not going to go into debt unless it's for education, business, you know, my core home. And I want to be purposeful with my money so that I can be in control. I didn't want to be beholden to somebody else to approve my purchases, to uh, be in a job if I wasn't being respected. You know, it's the sort of money like I don't want FBU money, but I do if it's like someone's putting their hand on my knee in that work. Yeah, I sure do want that kind of money. And if someone is telling me, you know, things I don't believe in, I want to be able to be free enough financially to go my own way. And I want that for you, which is why I want you to listen to these very practical take action tips that she's going to give you to level up your resources where you're going to get out of debt. If you have it, you are going to figure out how to bring more money in so that you have money to invest. 
And that's the last one. You're going to invest. And even if you can't do the ideal, you're going to do a little so that you can get to where you want to be. So I love her for being on here. I'm so grateful. And uh, I want you to rock it financially and fierce. Welcome to Sally Krawcheck. Sally Krawcheck, welcome to Self Made, my soulmate in mission to help women be financially fierce. And I'm so glad you're here to share your wisdom around women and money with us. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Okay. I want to hear from you. You are literally the expert and your background is very impressive. You are a woman who has not shied away from finance and then taking your knowledge and helping other women through Elvest learn how to make more money, have more freedom in their life. But give me your inspiration. Like, tell me the factors that are out there in the world that what's the difference between men and women with money? How does it start when we're kids? And how does that manifest as adults? Well, it, it starts from childhood where we receive different messages, um, girls and boys about money, where boys are told to make money, become CEOs, um, take risk, watch, they watch their dads invest. But think about it, our girls today, Jessica, in our homes, when they look to their parents to see what signals they, you know, they should, they're receiving about money, just in two, in just 2% of households, the female takes the lead in investing, 2%. And so she looks up and she sees a mother who is certainly doing the budgeting, but not doing the investing. In other words, it's sort of the treasurer or the budgeter of the household, but is not the chief financial officer of the household. Mm-hmm. She's given messages um, that to be careful about money, to save money. And then in the popular media, Jessica, she, we get it again and again. I mean, something I popped off on a couple of weeks ago is advice that, that is coming to women. Don't buy the latte. Don't you're, buy the latte. You're like, that is not, it's like Pennywise and Pound Foolish, right? The latte. Crazy. Effing crazy <laughs> advice. Crazy advice. First of all, the math doesn't work, okay? Anybody who thinks Tell me more about can, this, because one, I'm going to be happy I can still have my daily latte, but I want can. you to like, break it down for me. Like, why, basically the goal is that what media makes like a soundbite or clickbait is, yeah. hey, don't buy a latte and then you'll be rich later, but what's the truth only if you, only if, it can happen, Jessica, it can happen. If you, you don't buy the latte for 40 plus years and you invest the money in the markets and you get a return On that is more, more than five times better what the average investor has done in the equity markets, so in the place where all the return was over the past 20 years. Not, I just, Jessica, I didn't say you got to do 10% better, which would be hard, or 20% better. I said 500% plus. I that's better. not a good plan. Doesn't seem realistic. Doesn't feel like it works. On top of that, my, my problem with this advice is it is so, it is dripping in gender. You know, nobody is saying, don't buy the six pack. Don't buy the ribeye steak. Don't get, you know, the martini. It's the latte, which is, I, I like to say, is sort of, covered in this creamy goodness. Um, and, and again, it gets back to that scarcity, that guilt, money as guilt. Like, you know, you, it, it, I just put this out there too. Like we can be a lady and a legend. Like feminine is not the opposite of fierce. 
You can mm -hmm. be unapologetically female and really smart, make money and mm -hmm. work hard. And I think if you're, what, this message though, and I think what you are so educated about and can help other women really activate on, and I believe this is true in business. Like, look, you can't cost cut your way to riches. Like you gotta actually have more income. You have to have more revenue. Like if you're gonna grow a business, it's because you have more customers and therefore you have more revenue. And then you leverage your expenses, right? So if you're in a day-to-day -day situation, it's really about how do I get a return on investment? How do I then get cash to invest and have multiple sources of income rather than thinking I should eliminate small budget items? Is that the rules mm -hmm. for multiplying money? Tell me more about the how do women make more money and really men because they should be the same rules, right? Well, that's right. And, and look, you've hit on and the great work you're doing is there is earning more money. Um, you know, for so many women in corporate America, you know, I tell them, look, you, you show up on a Tuesday and, you know, if the average is that women are making 80 cents to the man's dollar. Maybe, you know, you might be a lot, you might be really fantastically better than the average, but not everybody is. And so on average, you know, you're, you're underpaid by 20 cents on that dollar. And so there's the get that raise and, you know, be excellent at work and get the promotion. And those things are very important. What I'm focused on, Jessica, is another means for having more money over the course of your life, which is investing. Mm -hmm. Women today keep the vast majority of the money they have in cash, which feels safe, it feels good. The challenge is without, you know, with 100% safety, there is no return. And men have invested more historically than women have. And the difference between the two, putting even aside the pay gap that would give you more money to invest, the difference between the two has cost the women who are listening hundreds of thousands for some of them, for some millions of dollars over the course of their lives. We have blamed women for this. Women are so risk averse and women aren't good at math and women aren't good investors. The three things I just said, Jessica, none of them are true. None of them are true, but we- I think you're making me even say, gosh, in our business where we help people earn incremental income, we often say, what do you want to do with that money? You could use it on a vacation. You could remodel a bathroom. Yep. I yep. should be saying, you could invest it and grow wealth. Well, and here's what you should think about right? Think about your grandmother. Um, my grandmother's name was Esther. Future me, I've named her Esther. Remember we talked earlier. Stella, obviously. There we go. Obviously. <laughs> but, but Jessica, on average, she's going to be on her own in the last years of her life. And you need to take care of her. Mm. So what we talk about is there's only one person who's going to take care of her, and it's you. And you wouldn't let your grandmother, you know, not have the badass retirement she wanted to have. And so Think about yourself in that no way. And so it wants to be a burden on their kids or like, nobody. like let's nobody. Like hope that the kids nobody. Don't have to take care of you financially, right? Most people are trying to let it go the other way. So what, what, you know, the, the tactical way to approach this is of your take home pay, you want to work towards putting 20% of it away for Esther. Now that, Oh, that's way too much right now. I totally got it. Then put aside 1% then put aside 2%. That is when so the kids Sally, what you just said, because I think sometimes when people read this advice and they think I can't afford 20%, so they go to zero. And there's that's right. message that's like, right. because you can't do everything doesn't mean you should do nothing. A dollar invested today is worth so much more than a dollar invested in a, in a decade. And so get started and work it up over time. And then when the kids are gone to college, then you up it. When, you know, when you sell the home and go into a smaller home, then you up it. 
But what you want to do is start at the 1%, move it to 2%. Everybody, you know, do it to move it to 3%, etc. Um, so that you're beginning to make a habit of it. And here's the really important. I get back to the don't buy the latte. It's like, okay, maybe today it's about latte, but it can't stay that way. You got to go from right. latte to, to like, you know, to keep moving it up to the percentage of your income that you're turning towards investment in order to build a strong, secure retirement. And let me put it this way, put in place, you know, may, spend how you want to make those decisions. For you, it's a latte. For me, it's the manicure. For me, it's the, you know, for so-and-so, it's the whatever. Enjoy life. Enjoy life. Make sure broadly, you know, that you're, you're choosing to do this and not that. You're choosing to go on the vacation but not have, you know, the, the, the series of facials. Make those decisions, but broadly begin to put away um, money and make it a habit. And here's the important thing, which is that if, as you invest over time, that it doesn't take much time. It really doesn't. It's not particularly complicated. It's really not. The industry makes you think it is. But as you do that, it, it can be the equivalent of getting a raise. You know, you've been, a, you're a minority in the industry. And then that is because you're a female that was actually the CEO of Merrill Lynch, Smith Barney, U.S. Trust. So you, you have been in the male dominated finance world your entire career. And yes. then you learned from that insight and said, we can do better. Right, women deserve better. So you put forward a digital first mission driven platform with those insights. So it's, it's certainly from a point of expertise, which I think people really appreciate. But I think that there's this level of distrust too, which I do think of all the accolades that you have, like 100 most creative people in business, like you're a big deal. But there's one that really struck out to me, the last honest analyst mm -hmm. by Fortune magazine. Is there something going on like why do why are analysts not honest, or why do people do people typically have distrust of investing yeah. in other companies or funds or fees or what? Totally, totally. Look, you know, and and uh, two words: financial crisis. And right. what what we people see, followed the right advice, saved their money, yeah. put these things, and then the bottom fell out. Right. So is it hard and, to trust in the system versus wanting to stick your money under the mattress? And, and look, and, and on top of that, the, these large institutions were bailed out and the individual was not bailed out. I was the only senior executive or executive on, who worked on Wall Street at the time to bail out individuals. I am the only one who returned client money in the downturn because we had missold products at Smith Barney to our clients and I got fired for it. Um, what we saw at those companies is that the men clients were happy enough and that women, you're not going to believe this, Jessica, that women left, you know, their investing firm that they were at with their spouses in the year of after their spouse's death at a rate of 80 to 90%. And so what we've seen so is men- male isn't driving investing, then investing is over? Well, I put it a little differently. I think, um, I think that's right. And another way of putting it is he, she was- deeply unhappy with what was on offer. And what she tells us is it just didn't feel right to me. We talked earlier about, you know, it's all about winning and outperforming and generating alpha and, you know, CNBC and blah, 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 and getting more money. And I'm just not in the mood. You know, that's not what motivates me. Um, and, and she told us I'm tired of being condescended to. This gets back to these messages we women receive around money that 
we're dumb with money. We're not good with money. You know, and the number of women I hear. So well, they, they frustrates me more than having the world at large talk down to women to think mm-hmm. that feminine is the, should be the opposite of fierce or financially strong or capable or smart or all those things. And I agree that there is this talk or this tone of how the world talks to women about money. Like you're supposed to apologize if you make it. It's not a topic that you should be putting out there. And it will, it's like, leave it to the men. How do we change that? Is there power in networking and yeah. in, in the conversation? Like, what do we do to make women feel- It's a great question. I, I think- Fierce and yeah. confident about being like, what's wrong with wanting to make money to be secure? I think we have to start talking about it. I mean, today, you've hit the nail on the head in such an important way, Jessica, because today- the research tells us, given the way, given the messages we have received and therefore have internalized as women about money, that we're not good with it, et cetera. Um, what our research shows is that women are feel the primary emotion we feel around money is loneliness, also shame, and there's no amount of money we make that we feel good about. Um, in fact, we prefer to talk about everything else instead of money. Here's an example. I was in an event um, a couple of weeks ago and was being interviewed by a woman and, and said, and we prefer to talk about anything, including our deaths rather than money. And she said, that's not true. And in front of all these folks. And I said, okay, I turned to her, I said, would you prefer to be cremated or buried? And she said, cremate. And I said, how much money did you make last year? And you know, Jessica, when the, like a fish like opens and closes his mouth, you know, I'm going to close your mouth. And I was like, I'm not going to make you tell us. Well, I, I want to be honest and vulnerable here. I try to figure this out myself because I feel shame and embarrassment about money. You know, I, and it's yep. kind of this weird thing because when you grow up, we all support the American dream. We're all like, work hard. Like, get, you know, it's a good thing to want to achieve and add value and create money. But then if you are successful, you feel like less likable or embarrassed. Or yes. Happy on the press. I just want you to know I work for it. Just want you to know. Like, Jessica, Jessica, why is that? Oh my gosh! When, when I was senior in these roles on Wall Street, it, please nobody go back and Google. But the press was nasty. The press was nasty, and, and the research shows us that when men become more successful, we view them as more likable. But when women do, we've been socialized; they must be bitches. We we have been taught that success for females is scarce. You've hit on this before right? That if you are successful, then that takes away from me. Not, look how dang successful Jessica is. Therefore, I can be successful too, because if she did it, I can do it. Or if she did, you know, she raised venture capital money. Success comes from multiplication, not division. I believe that if I am successful in creating a business, I can help lift other women up. I can make fair choices in the world around employment. I can educate other people. Like I want to see this as a as an opportunity rather than, I think it's just, I need to get over it. I think people need to get over the fear that some people may judge them. If they actually share, here are the steps I took to get from that place of feeling so afraid of not being able to live my own life because I didn't have money to here's how I built security uh, and how you can do it too. Well, that's right. That's right. I think, look, there's strength in our numbers um, and you know, there's, pattern recognition that if more of us are successful than you know if you're raising venture venture capitals will see it but bankers will see it right people hiring will see it um but we we have internalized the status quo so i can tell you when i was in corporate america um the you know there's this 
term the queen bee, the woman who kicks the ladder out from beneath her when she's successful. And while we demonize her, she's actually just an economic creature because there really was only one seat at the table for a woman. If she wanted to keep it, then she's just smart. And so we perpetuate these stereotypes of women as catty and backstabbing. And it's only because, you know, we've internalized what society is. So look, you know, money- I'm so committed to this. Like I, I just went through these experiences too. Even when I was um, launching Find Your Extraordinary, I got advice from these media consultants and they told me that when I go on the news, if I want to be taken seriously, you know, I shouldn't dress so feminine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you do realize, like, I have a fashion company. Like, the accessories is part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, you're just not going to be taken seriously. I'm like, no, I'm going to take one for the team here. I would rather no. people get used to someone who looks like a female is actually also in this role versus cater to this subconscious bias that if I'm dressed this way, I must not be legit in a business world. Mm-hmm. And, even, mm-hmm. and who cares? Like, I just feel like there's so much around this subconsciousness around this stereotype that if you're feminine, you shouldn't be financially fierce or you're less likable because that is holding women back. It's holding women back from investing. It's holding them back from being secure. It's keeping them in places, as you said, you thought you were married until you weren't going to be. Right. But luckily you were someone who could make that choice because you were not trapped there because of feeling like you wouldn't be able to pay the rent the next day. Well, now you're singing my song. Right. So let's let's be totally honest. You know, at the beginning, you, you talked about, you know, money isn't everything. I agree. Money's not everything. But money is something. And in a capitalist society, let's be clear. Money is power. Money is power. power and is so what not a bad thing. Right. Freedom of choice. If you can have power over your own life. And you can choose where you live, who you live with. How, you know, th- that is powerful in a very, very positive way. Absolutely. And, and we will not be fully equal with men until we are financially equal with them. I mean, it's, I know that's a very stark statement to make, but you tell me of a single woman on the planet um, who can, you know, who would have stayed in that room with Charlie Rose walking around with a half-open bathrobe if she had as much money as he did, right? right. You know, G- Gail would have been like, Charlie, close your bathrobe. You know, but if you're a young uh, a, a woman and you need to keep that job, you got to stay in that room. So money is get your hand off my leg money. That's why, Jessica, for me, investing is so important because it is a, a passive means of making money. It has historically been such a high return way to get that money, to, you know, to get that hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on how much you invest um, over the course of, of one's life. Okay, you have so um, much wisdom about women and money, but you are also, you've said some really powerful things and that help people in business and in life. And you've talked a lot about the power of networking. Give me your best advice on that. Play in traffic, play in traffic. Um, just, just get out there and do the damn thing. Go out to lunch, you know, go to a cocktail party. Put yourself in the path of opportunity by surrounding yourself by That's right. That's right. Be be out there. So we as women did so well at school. And at school, we are done when we turn in the paper and we get the A. At work, things only start when you turn in the paper. And if you, you know, if you have a business and obviously you're customers don't know about it. You don't have a business. If you're in corporate America and nobody knows about the great work you did, then 
in some, you know, maybe you've got the world's best HR person, maybe you got the world's best boss, but mostly it doesn't, you know, you are sub-optimizing. It doesn't matter as much. And so I had an incident a few years ago where a buddy of mine was, you know, putting together, you know, going to buy a company, put together folks, they were going to buy the company, they were going to take over the company, they were going to buy the, and there was a division of the company which did exactly what I do. And they, he just didn't even, think, I mean, he's like my friend. And I saw him on the street one day. And he's like, oh my gosh, I don't know why I didn't call you for this. Like, you would have been perfect. And I thought, that's it. I hadn't talked to the guy in a year, um, which, you know, it seemed like yesterday to me, frankly. But because I wasn't... That is great advice. So networking is, that term too can sound a little, like you've got to be out there being like, hey, ho. I know. It's, really not I know. That. It's, it's basically, you've got to put yourself in the path of opportunity and then you've got to stay top of mind. That's right. And so it doesn't always, we always think about, oh, networking, you have to play golf, you have to schmooze, you have to, sure. So However, I don't want to go stand around a cocktail party where everyone no, is talking about no. sports that I'm not interested in. But what it can be, Jessica, is, you know, I'll, you know, next week I'll probably, oh, you know, Jessica and I were talking on that podcast and, you know, we really brought up this. So let me just send Jessica this piece of research, which I think would be upper alley or, It'll be that you and I will talk after we, we, we finish taping and you'll say, you know, Sally, I'm looking for, you know, um, a board position or an advisory board or hire somebody or mm -hmm. da, da, da. And so, you know, three weeks from now, I'll say, I know you were looking for a summer intern. Here's a friend of my daughter's who blah, 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 blah. It's just a little bit. And by the way, sometimes Jessica, for me, I'll just think about somebody. I'll just email hi, thinking of you. How are you? Right. So right. I think of it as doing, little, doing favors for people. By the way, let's be perfectly clear, most of which will never, will never have any return for me. Uh, but sometimes, you know, sometimes something pays off, right? You know, and then I can call you and be like, hey, remember that time I did the podcast for you? Would you do blah, blah, blah? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So I want to ask you another, one, I want to mm -hmm. talk to you all day long because I feel like you're so, you have so much wisdom to share and you're so inspiring. And I have heard you quoted saying this. People have asked you, has being a woman helped or hindered your career? And the answer is yes. That, I would say the same thing. It's so clever, right? Because there's pros and cons in any situation, mm -hmm. but you've learned to see the pro. What's been the pro of being a woman? In well, the pro is having been in, there have been two biggies. One was when I was in, in the industry of Wall Street. You couldn't forget me. You know, so if my work was good, um, then it's, you know, it's that woman with the blonde, blondish hair with the funny last name. Couldn't forget me. Whereas if it was a guy, you know, who was my, one of my competitors, because, you know, it's one of the 20 guys. He's got brown hair. He wears glasses, right? So that was the, you couldn't forget me. The other positive, really? you know, you, you were kind enough to mention earlier when I, when I was called the last honest analyst, I was on the cover of Fortune magazine for it. Deep down, I know full well I wouldn't have been on the cover of Fortune magazine if we hadn't had the business hadn't had the right strategy. If we hadn't done business the right way. If it wasn't successful, blah 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 blah. blah. But also, Jessica, I know deep down that if I had been a forty-year-old white, brown-haired guy, not an interesting. I wouldn't have been on the cover. So my being female was was interesting. The second thing, which is really important, is in starting Elevest. There were plenty of people who tried to do investing and financial planning initiatives for women. And big companies, startups, small, everyone failed except us, everybody. And in part, quite honestly, it was because some of them were just a, a man's perspective of what women wanted. It didn't work very well. Like the authentic knowing. Right. And so 
having that, now, having the intuition has been important. Now, what I do want to say, because it's important, is intuition hasn't been enough. It's not just, oh, I'm a woman, let me do it. We've done thousands of hours of research with women for what will help them get more financially fit and in control. But still, if I didn't start with the truly knowing her, then it would be hard for us to be successful. I say this oftentimes, like if you are not failing, you are not trying hard enough. Mm -hmm. But you've said this, if you haven't had a major (laughs) failing career, like face plant fail, you aren't trying hard enough. Tell me what's been your face plant. Oh, honey, I got fired twice, right? Right in front of the whole world. I'd love to say, you know, it was humiliating. It was embarrassing. I mean, and I felt, in fact, even right now, I'm feeling the need to explain to your listeners what happened. Of course. So that they won't think, Oh, you know, she's terrible at her job. She, so she failed. I mean, I'm like, therefore she was fired, right? I'm, yeah. I'm, Bottom line is, if you're going to be a CEO in that arena, like, welcome to, you know, you don't, you're going to get in the arena. You're going to. That's right. Like, that's you're right. Gonna up front, you're going to take a few bullets. That's how that works. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, what I learned is nobody cares. I've got okay. a very, very good friend of mine was fired from a pretty senior level media role, and. And, you know, a week later, I'm like, look, we're going to breakfast, we're going to brainstorm, we're going to, you know, and we sit down and she, Jessica, starts to tell me like friggin' blow by blow real time about her boss at this. And and the whole, by the way, the whole breakfast was to explain to me how she did not get fired. And, And the breakfast ended. I wasn't able to get a word in edgewise. I still, I know she got fired. I know she got fired. I don't care at all. The business she's in is cutthroat. You know, and in fact, now in the Me Too movement, we've seen exactly how cutthroat her business actually was. Mm-hmm. But during the course of the, the breakfast, I wasn't able to even give her a single contact or single idea or single thought well, because that was she the was so the therapy session, right? She was healing from the hurt and she just needed to, <laughs> she just and needed she thought to I cared. <laughs> and she thought I cared. But what I learned having been on both sides of it is who cares, you know? And by the way, guess what? If you got fired because you were bad at your job, then just get better at it and move on or do another job. It just doesn't matter. And, and what I think this is really important for is that business is changing so very rapidly that if you are playing it safe, you are losing. And so you had better be out there taking risk and failing so that you can avoid the bigger failure, which is you're the manufacturer of, you know, buggy whips. Okay. Well, I am so grateful for your time. And now I want, people to know. I know you believe in, in the power of equality, inclusivity. I know you believe in women are financially fierce and smart and they should not be intimidated. And you believe in hard work and action like I do. And that is what self-made is all about. What simple steps could people act on? You know, simple things that are going to go, they can go out today and to put into action to level up in life. Well, you know, my answer, right? It's going to be around money. So you know, what I would say is if um, the listeners have got credit card debt outstanding, I want them to focus on getting that paid down. Um, I would even go so far to say, you know, you, if, you have to, if you have to put something on a credit card, take out credit in order to buy it, you want to think really, really hard about how important that is for you. Um, so the first step always is going to be to get yourself financially in control, work to get that paid down. Okay. Number two, you want to build up your cash cushion. So you want to get to one month of, of your salary or your annual income, um, one month's worth, or 
to get to two months, get to three months, so that you've got that cushion for, you know, things go badly. The third thing I want you to do is then to begin to invest. And you might want to first put into an individual retirement account, you know, um, a, a, a SEP, um, account go 401k or IRA where it's tax beneficial to or tax benefit. So those get the can get over the same period of time um, because of the tax benefit, you can get a better return. So now I do recognize that for some people like, wait a minute, retirement is way off. I want to invest for something that's sooner. And so we make those trade-offs. But if you, you know, if there are no constraints to it, you want to first invest in an individual retirement account, a 401k, if you have that for the tax benefits. And then you want to start, you know, again, as we talked about earlier, you want to work up to 20% of your take-home pay being put aside and invested for Esther, Grandma, you. Um, but start with just 1%, start with 2%. So the order is pay down the high interest rate debt, build a cushion, and then invest. I, I love that advice. And I think that's where I'm going to then throw in the step to help number two, which is build your income, build your cash, is of course. one out of two millennials have a side gig. So it's not that they don't mm -hmm. want their primary source of income. It's just that they recognize if they could add extra, it makes the, the concept of saving and building Absolutely. easier because it doesn't feel like sacrifice. It feels like, okay, I can maintain my current lifestyle, but if I add a little bit to the top of the funnel, these things become more doable. And in the gig economy, it, right, that's that's what the whole selling out family of brands is about. Is that here's a way to take a passion and add extra income in. Absolutely. And I'm gonna Absolutely. I'm gonna start telling people it's not just about the spending. It is a hundred percent about the investing. Sally, thank you so much for joining today, and um, I can't wait to to uh, see you soon. Yeah, Jessica, thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Take care.